Hey everyone, Desiree cutting in here just to let you know, this is our season one wrap up. So we just want to thank you guys, you know, for tuning in with us weekly. Um, So far, we've been listening to an over 100 cities. So, you know, big ups to y'all. What, what? We really enjoyed having you here this season. And be on the lookout for season two coming soon. Now, returning to our regular scheduled program. Don't get behind. It's time to unwind. A conversation purely designed with you in mind. Welcome back to Pure Perspectives, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Mia. Of course, I'm one of your three lovely hosts. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Desiree. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about a pretty important topic that I think everyone has kind of dealt with, especially in school as you're getting out of school, um, starting to work a job, just kind of trying to maintain that relationship with God in your 20s. Everybody knows that 20s are a hard time to navigate. That's that's a weird time. Like People get married, people having kids, getting new jobs. Everybody's kind of at a different point in their life. Um, so we just want to talk about how to maintain a relationship with God during that time. Yeah, 20s are definitely a challenging time for anybody, especially with the transition, getting out of school, um, just figuring out who you are. You go through that transition in school, and so it's kind of different once you start to get out. Um, so maintaining that relationship with God, whoever your religious belief um, Mm -hmm. person is, then yeah, that's really important. And so we thought we would talk a little bit about that since we are all in our 20s. Yes, I would definitely say this is a time that our lives are all shifting. So in turn, our relationship with God or, you know, whoever your religious belief is, that relationship is shifting as well. Yeah. And today we do have a special guest um, here to join us in our discussion and share his very own perspective today is John Lewis. Um, So just a little background about him. He was born in Dillon, South Carolina, and raised in Roland, North Carolina. So he is a proud native of the Carolinas. In 2017, he graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte with a degree in communication studies and a minor in religious studies. In March this year, he completed his mortuary program at Gupton Jones College of Funeral Service in Atlanta, Georgia. He's currently pursuing a career in funeral service and is servicing his apprenticeship at a local firm while waiting to complete the national board exams. His interests include styling, theology, and interior design, and he's also a brother of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. His love for people allows him to engage and learn from those around him while playing the role as mentee, mentor, leader, brother, and friend. So let's say hello to our guest, John Lewis. Wow, guys, that was a wonderful (laughs) introduction. Hi, everyone. Hey, John. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. Whenever we were thinking of like the guest for this episode, we were all like, John, John, the embodiment. Like, grab your tissues if you're listening to this episode. No, forewarning. He might make you cry. Might. It's guaranteed. So before we hear from John, we're going to have a brief ad break so we will get right back after this y'all i am so sick of leaving this apartment to go grocery shopping girl especially with all those restrictions they have because of covid wait have y'all heard about instacart is that like grocery pickup no 
It's even better than that. It's like personal shopper, delivery to your door in as fast as an hour. An hour? What's the catch? No catch. Just follow the link in our episode notes, which lets Instacart know that Pure Perspectives podcast sent you. Then simply put in your zip code to see which stores are available in your area. And on top of that, your delivery is free if you spend over $35. That's it? Girl, I spend that at the grocery store anyways. (laughs) I'm pulling it up on the app right now. Okay, so now we are ready to dive into this conversation about maintaining a relationship with God. So to start this off, we just want to know, what did your initial relationship look like with God and how has that changed over the years? So my initial relationship with him, so I I grew up in church. Uh, My family identified as Christians. And so, um, you know, most of my childhood was in church. Um, After my dad passed when I was five, we kind of took a break from church. Um, It was just my mom kind of thinking through or just working through her grief and, um, you know, as a result of that, church wasn't really a priority at that point. But some way or somehow, I was always intrigued by it. Like, I always loved going to church. And so um, it was just something that I did. I wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. I just knew, you know, you go to church. And so that's what I did. Uh, it wasn't until I was about 13 until um, I became, like, really interested in being, you know, kind of into the Christian fold, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and I became really interested in God. And so when I was 13 is when I decided like, okay, I'm gonna commit my life to following, um, Jesus and seeing what that looks like. And so that's what I did. And it was, it's been a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember though my, my first conversation with him. And I think that this conversation was like the, the, the basis of even my walk with him today. It was just super real. It was like, I'm young and. Um, there's a whole life ahead of me mm-hmm. and I don't intend on missing out on fun. Um, and so like I'm down to do this with you. But if there are certain things that I don't need to do or that I need to stray away from, you're going to have to give me the strength and the desire to do that because yeah. right now I don't have right. it. And so that was like my that was the first conversation I had with him that I can really remember. Mm-hmm. And from there to today, like he's kept uh, his promise in that side of the conversation that we had. And so um, a part of that has, has been really interesting and in just me learning him and learning his heart um, and him fulfilling his promises that he told me that he would do what he said he would do initially. So that's where we are today. And <laughs> I've learned a lot about um, just him and my, you know, my own experience with him. And then also through his word and just interactions with others. And so, yeah, I definitely would agree with like being in your 20s and Mm -hmm. experiencing all these new things with college and life, just finding that balance between Mm -hmm. like what, you know, Mm -hmm. God wants you to do. Mm -hmm. And also the aspect of I'm still growing. I'm still Mm -hmm. learning. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. It's really like hard to try and find that balance between the two. It is very much so. Yeah, I really I really like what you said when you're like when you had the conversation with God, you basically were like, you know, I don't plan to miss out on fun, but mm-hmm. if there's anything I shouldn't do, you need to steer me from that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I had a very similar conversation where more so when I first got into college, like I was more so doing things that I know, you know, shouldn't have been right for me. It was not my plan. And I had to sit myself down and have that conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I realized after, like, God does still allow you to have fun, like, to he be, does. participate in mm-hmm. life. You don't have to miss out on life to, mm-hmm. you know, to have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that's a big disconnect for a lot of people. They're like, okay, if I do give my life to him, if I mm-hmm. do make this big decision, make this big change, like, 
what is my life going to look like now? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to take things away from you that are that are serving you. Right. But if they're not, then mm-hmm. exactly you got to learn to separate. And I, I think the most beautiful thing about God that I've learned throughout this journey is kind of similar to a point that you all brought out about like wanting to have fun, but also realizing that I'm not perfect along the way. And I think a misconception we have of God is like when we come to him, we have to come to him perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so far from the truth and even far from what he expects of us. Right. Um, because there's a beauty. I was having a conversation with my friend earlier and there's a beauty in mistakes. And he's so beautiful in his love for us that he offers grace in the time between us coming to him and our perfected selves. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. even in the case of mix ups and, and hiccups and you messing up, like that doesn't mean that you are not fully sold out to him. That doesn't mean that um, you love him any less or he loves you any less, but there's grace for that in the in-between time. And so like, yeah, you, you're going to mess up. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's going to be things that you're going to discover as you come across mm-hmm. it, but that doesn't discount you from him, right. like, from his mm-hmm. love. So there's grace. And that's been the most helpful thing for me too. Yeah. And so during this walk, like within your twenties, have you had a mentor of any sort to like help guide you? Oh yes. Um, <laughs> I had to have a mentor because, uh, <laughs> um, one of the important, um, things, that we see in scripture um, is what we call it is discipleship in scripture, but it's actual mentorship is what it yeah. is. Right. So um, I had to have somebody that who went before me and they already, you know, had to kind of walk through life and knew what, um, how things were supposed to be and just giving me a sense of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really didn't find out about the importance of discipleship or mentorship until I got to college. And so like when I know most of us came in through safe, And so like with safe providing a mentor for me, like that was like the first time that I came to know of mentorship Mm -hmm. or put a name to it. You know what I'm saying? So um, once that happened, I was like, wow, I actually probably need a mentorship in my spiritual life as well. And so I've had countless people pour into me and kind of just like keep me in check um, and not even keep me in check, but to also uh, teach me information and knowledge um, and just hold me accountable. That's what I wanted to use. Hold me accountable uh, to the life that I've chosen to live. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I and I agree. Like having that person or even a friend, if you mm-hmm. don't have a mentor that mm-hmm. you can bounce things off. Like sometimes I'll text Jasmine if I'm going through a moment where I really need like some type of uplifting in some sort. Then mm-hmm. she'll like tell me, you know, it'll be OK. Like God still loves you. Mm-hmm. Like there's still a plan and a purpose for mm-hmm. you. And so I just think that's important. And I I don't necessarily say I have like an actual mentor, mm-hmm. um, but I do have like my friends that I keep that I know are um, also walking through that mm-hmm. faith path too. That's important. Absolutely. Very important. Yeah. We go back and forth all the time. Like <laughs> it'll be her one day and I'm like, no, like he loves you. He has a plan. And then it'll be me the next day. And she's like, what did you just tell me? Like <laughs> get it together. I'm like, I know. But yeah, that, that conversation is so important. I think that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. Um, just getting to share those different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't talk to anyone, it's kind of like, you feel like you're you alone like in you're it. The only and one it's and when you start it. to feel like it, I feel like that's when you start to stray Absolutely. further and further away from Absolutely. his love for you. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I feel like I if I'm like alone and I'm not talking to someone, then I have those moments of like God's not listening to right. me, mm-hmm. he's not mm-hmm. hearing me, and mm-hmm. then it just sends you down that rabbit hole and mm-hmm. you're just it gets harder to come out of yeah. it. And you guys bring up a, a really good point because I can remember like when I was younger, um, around thirteen and throughout high school, I didn't really have um, 
a circle that I could have those type of conversations mm-hmm. with. And so like I found myself in a rabbit hole a lot, like having to convince myself or try to like, you know, keep my own self encouraged. But then once I got to school and I got around like minded folks and people who had the same, you know what I'm saying, like uh drive in life and wanted to uh, live for God, it became a lot easier. Right. Um, and it also helps like with the questioning piece of it all. Because like if you don't have someone that you can talk to and you keep all of these thoughts mm-hmm. and emotions in your mind, you will end up convincing convincing yourself um, that God isn't even real. Right. You know, it can go mm-hmm. that far. Mm-hmm. And so like you you have to have folks who you can have conversations with and bounce things off of and so that they can also bring that back to you. Because if not, you will stay up here in your head. And right. That'll drive you. Insane. And I definitely agree. I think. Like you were saying, as a group, I definitely believe us as a group and as well as our fourth best friend who's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually really acknowledged that lately and we've been making sure to reach out to each other and say, you know, like, this is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. We're here to have these conversations mm-hmm. with each other because I know lately, especially um, some of us, especially me um, in particular, we've struggled with holding things to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we've, we're trying to, you know, normalize speaking to each other because right. like you said, if we internalize it. It makes us. Like you said, even question if God's there, if mm-hmm. he's even listening to you. Mm-hmm. So there's a, um, I was listening to something, my pastor, I was listening to my pastor today and he was talking about um, narratives that we create in our mind that um, we will end up believing ourselves is truth. And although it may not be reality because we haven't had the chance to speak on those thoughts and the narratives in our head, we will convince ourselves right. mm-hmm. that this is true. And so that's why it's important to have people around you who you can talk to mm-hmm. and express those things, because if not, you'll keep it locked up here. And again, you'll start believing a false narrative, right. a narrative that's not even true. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. So, um, well, while we're speaking like on our relationship with God, John, do you ever have any struggles with your faith? And like, oh. what do those struggles look like for you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a gentleman in the scripture, and I can't remember his name, but he says, um, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to Jesus as he was having this conversation, talking to Jesus yeah. as he was having the conversation. Like, I believe you. You're standing right here in front of me, but right. it's still a part of me that doesn't yeah, believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I find myself there all the time. Like, God, I've seen what you've done in my life before, and I can use this as stones or as a way to you know, remember that you are who you say that you are. Right. But right now I don't feel that. So like, help me. Mm-hmm. And that's been one of the biggest uh, struggles of my 20s, especially since college, because um, a lot of my struggle with my faith comes in through, I ask myself the hard question is like, if God is real, why does evil exist in the world? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you love people, why would you send them to hell? Mm-hmm. I'll, I really ask myself these no, questions. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times I don't have answers to that. And the fact that I don't have answers to those questions kind of brings me into this down downward spiral. Um, but I do have those questions. And um, again, that's why it's important to have mentors and to have people who you can ha- ask these questions to. And they can provide context and just, you know, knowledge regarding, you know, the doubt that you have. Um, but yes, I do have struggles. And that's the way that I... I face them. I, I, I take them to the people who I believe know more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that I believe can, you know what I'm saying, like get me back on the straight and narrow, quote unquote. Yeah, I think import- I think everybody's going to struggle with their faith. Like nobody's mm-hmm. going to have this perfect relationship with God where they're like, God, I trust you. It doesn't matter what happens. Like mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's going to struggle at some point. And I think it's always important to look back and be like, 
well, he did this exactly. when I didn't think it could get better. Exactly. He did this. So exactly. why, yep. why am I sitting here thinking it mm-hmm. can't get better this time? And I know that I do that a lot because I'm like, why is this happening? Like, what's going on? Like you said, you loved me, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But then it's like, he already did these things. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you sitting here mm-hmm. continuing to question him mm-hmm. kind of? Exactly. Yeah. For me, a lot has been like control and trust. I like yep. go back and forth between yep. the two. And especially like this year, I feel like this has been a hard year for me. Mm-hmm. But towards the beginning of the year, it was a lot of like, I couldn't see why God would put the people he loved through certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like go back and forth with that. And I had to like really take the time to like dig deeper and mm-hmm. to know that like this is like God is not defining us by these moments like exactly. it's so much bigger right. than that yeah and so that's something that i've had to work on and i continue to work on in that mm-hmm. sense of like i don't have control over my life mm-hmm. and i don't know what's ahead of me mm-hmm. he might know something that i don't exactly and so that's something that i have to continue to improve with each day and that just continues to grow with my faith with him so i love it and honestly what is faith if there's no trial mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly and i think for me the God, that's so good, Jasmine, because it's like if you knew everything, you wouldn't need God right. at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you have to have some sort of faith in order to even believe that He's there. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's the hardest part for me too is just like realizing the control piece, like Desiree was talking about, and understanding that this sovereign God who we who we serve like he literally has everything under control and it our whole life is going to be a struggle there because we're always trying to fight for control ourselves and so when we don't have that control <laughs> then it causes us to become doubtful right and it just causes us to go into this 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 spiral which i call it and it's just super important again that mentor piece like that mentor piece is really important because you have to have people around you who when you're doubtful they can remind you of his truth yeah definitely so in in that walk with god and everything that you're doing maintaining that faith what are some of those things that you do to strengthen that relationship to keep that faith mm-hmm. um so i am church plays a big role in that um traditionally we i think we we made church a thing of just something that you do on sundays right. for yeah. you know a good 2 hours or so and then you go on with the rest of your week but the church itself is a body mm-hmm. and that body consists of different parts and each part plays a, a role in not only um teaching about god but also strengthening each other and so your circle like as we talked about earlier like your circle has to be made up of people who are on the same journey so that mm-hmm. you all can find strength through each other's right. walk. Like, and and that's been, again, one of the biggest things that I've learned in my twenties, because when I was a teenager, I didn't have that. And that was a big like barrier in my walk with God is just like, I just don't feel like fighting anymore because I don't see anybody else fighting. Yeah. And so when you see other people, you know what I'm saying, like trying to do right, mm-hmm. then that will inspire you in itself. And so um, the church plays a big role in that. The body of the church plays a big role. And then also um, I'm just super, or at least I have tried, I've tried to be super intentional about what I feed myself um, and what I allow myself to listen to, what I allow myself to be around and, 
and not saying that I try to stay in a corner away from all bad things, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm just super intentional about making sure that I'm listening to what I believe to be truth, what I believe mm-hmm. to be things that would edify me as an individual and as a man. So like um, your ear is important too when you're trying to be strengthened because you become what you hear. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more whatever, whatever is being poured into you is what you will eventually find or get your source from for strength. And so I just try to, you know, make sure that I'm listening to the right things. Mm-hmm. And like we said, you can't control everything, but. Mm-hmm. In those things, be aware. Like, exactly. be aware of what you're listening exactly. to. Be aware of what you're around so that you you can see how it's affecting you exactly. and you're not blind to those things. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. there's a scripture um, in the Bible that talks about that, where God, like, talks about the people that you surround yourself with can bring you down mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a place where you're at their level and mm-hmm. you're not reaching the full potential mm-hmm. that God yep. has placed on yep. you. Yep. And, yeah, I really, I really like what you're saying about um, like the people you surround yourself with mm-hmm. because it's it's so important to make sure that those that you're close to that they are on the same journey with you because I've had I, I wouldn't even call them friendships more like encounters because clearly I don't think God wanted them to be my friends acquaintances <laughs> acquaintances <laughs> that's what my dad calls and them. <laughs> they were not on the same journey as me and they if they're not on the same journey as you they will try to lead you off the path they'll try to lead you onto their own path mm-hmm. because they're not worried about the journey you're on and mm-hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. They just, mm-hmm. they want you, you know, they're going to lead you astray. So. And what I love which, about what you just said is, and this was a part of my journey that I had to find out because I would hear conversations like this and I would think, wow. So if you're not pushing me towards God, I need to cut you off. The cut yeah. you off mentality is just something yeah, I, I struggle yeah. with to a, a T because I just don't see God reflecting that towards mm-hmm. us. If God cut us off every time we messed up, right. we would be out here. Yeah, looking I mean, crazy. have look, nobody. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look who Jesus spent his exactly. most time with. Jesus was there with the sinners, sitting side by side, exactly. breaking bread with them. He would not cut people off. So I, I too, I really struggle with. I hate when people talk about the whole cut off mentality mm-hmm. because I feel like God's calling us to be in their lives to help them adjust their path, adjust their mm-hmm. journey. Like what? Oh, I can't. Right. If we cut all <laughs> those Jesus people cut off, all those like, people off like, and we're all alone in our we're all right. alone. And, and there is something to be said, even when you're looking at scripture and you're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, his encounters with, with sinners, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, this is key. Jesus always, he encountered and he interacted with sinners, but Jesus also still had his circle mm-hmm. of his disciples. Exactly. And so there, there can be, I don't want to call it a balance, but you, you can have both exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. However, it just becomes important when you start to consider where you're getting your strength from. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah, are you getting your strength from your circle or from the sinner? Right. Exactly. I, I like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where that that's where that plays a or role. Who, who are you turning to? Exactly. For, like, for your advice, your circle or the center? Exactly. Like that. That's the point that I was trying to make, and that's been that. and that's been a really um, big learning uh, key for me throughout life is just learning how to exist amongst people who don't have the same uh, ideas and beliefs that I have on things. And not necessarily having to cut them off from it, but still be able to share with them what mm-hmm. I've received mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. And so, like, regardless if they believe it or not, I'm going to still share it with you. Right. Mm-hmm. This is me. It's me. And I don't have to verbally tell you to believe in God, but the love you come, the love that the love that you get from me from mm-hmm. is the love that I've received from him. Yeah. So once you understand how all of that works together, you won't really be pressed about cutting people off. Right. Yeah. And exactly. kind of bouncing off of that. And then also what you said about the church. Mm-hmm. I know that 
there tend to be people that stray away from church exactly. just because of what mm-hmm. church has become. There exactly. are people that go to church every Sunday, but mm-hmm. they might not be people you want to surround yourself mm-hmm. with. So what advice would you have for those people? Or the ones that say the church is within me. Mm. I don't need to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a... I'm going to have to do that second. I mean, what Jasmine just <laughs> said. a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. Um, God is sovereign. And I, I believe that once you place your life in his hands, he will then place you where he wants you to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where he thinks is best for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the approach that I have to take with that because um, – when we start trying to control those pieces, then I think a lot of that is rooted in protection hmm. and trying to protect us from being influenced by the wrong people. Yeah. Um, but then again, I have to go to what we were talking about with Jesus encountering and interacting with sinners and that even though these people are considered or considering themselves to be Christians, they are also still Sinners. Sinners. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I don't even have expectations of people to be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still give room for them to be messy, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To, to to figure out their own journey right. themselves. Um, now, again, I'm not going to intentionally put myself in harm's way mm-hmm. by allowing you to project, you know, your messiness onto mm-hmm. me. But that won't keep me from interacting with you. Right. You know, because mentally I'm just aware of what's going on here. Yeah. Awareness is a big piece. Awareness is a big piece. You have mm-hmm. to be aware. And to Desiree's point about the churches in me, uh, I have to go to scripture and I don't see anyone or any scripture that that supports that. What I see is Jesus and even the apostles urging us that as often as you assemble yourselves together, you are strengthened. Mm-hmm. And so even though you may not physically go to an actual church, the building. Right. Mm-hmm. Because again, to my point earlier, the church isn't necessarily it's a not, building. Yes. We've no, made we Western, church. Ch- Western America has made um, the church a, a physical place. And I don't think that that was ever the intention mm-hmm. of what the church should have been. The church is the, is the body. Yeah. And so you, I, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but <laughs> That's your perspective. Right. You know what I'm saying? This like is your pure perspective. <laughs> I'm just thinking theology because again, I'm interested in theology. So mm-hmm. like I, I understand the way you structure things are is important. So, but I think as long as you are surrounding yourself with people that are a part of the body, then you are doing. In you're in the church, right? Both are important. Like it's important to have that place where people can come, but don't make the place the focus because exactly. that's not what it is. You can have church in a restaurant. Exactly, like, it's mm-hmm. not the place. Exactly. I, I would love to bounce off what you all are saying and just on like the other end of this. Um, so, well, of course, John, they know my experience, but I was actually part of a church from the time I was about 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was a strong part of this church, part of the youth group. I did all of that. As I began to get older, mm-hmm. and I think my relationship with God strengthened, I realized that this church was, how do I put this nicely? Ooh, and I feel like some people are probably going to listen to this that go there, but they were not putting me on a correct path towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, it was a church that, you know, we're in the South, of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, churches here, they tend to be very, you know, I don't even want to say like judgmental, not even judgmental, but they're not so much focused on the the preachings of, you know, 
when Jesus said, you know, love everyone, mm-hmm. treat everyone, like, I mm-hmm. don't even know how to word this, but I feel like you understand what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're yes, saying. Yes, and I ended up actually having an occurrence where I had spoken up against something in my church. Mm-hmm. In turn, the whole church turned against me. Mm-hmm. Made um, social media posts about me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable going to church after that. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's so, why it's important that church isn't a place, because when the yeah. place that you're used to being church when isn't no that anymore, is it's kind of like... Now what? Because yep. that also, like I said, how remember I spoke earlier saying the beginning of college, how I really was struggling. Mm-hmm. That's when that occurred, the beginning of my college experience. Mm-hmm. So I like what you're saying, saying like it's not the building. Mm-hmm. It needs to be the body because the people that I've met while I was in college, that's more of a church to me. Right. They're going to bring me more to Jesus than mm-hmm. that physical right. location ever ever had or ever would have. Mm-hmm. And so similar to you, I had the same exact experience. Mm-hmm. I came to know Jesus um, under a Pentecostal uh, denomination and Pentecostals, I'm, you know, they're very charismatic and very um, just energetic. Um, but a lot of times the theology and the doctrine um, is rooted in a legalistic uh, concept. Mm-hmm. And so it's more so that you have to work for your salvation. Um, and so it was around my senior year of high school when I was getting ready to come to college and I had read a scripture. It was actually Romans um, 12 and one. And uh, the church I was going to was a holiness church at that. So they were Pentecostal, then they were holiness. So all of that just was, it was a lot, a lot. going on. It was a lot going on. You couldn't, if you did anything, you were not a Christian. You weren't mm-hmm. saved. You Ooh, couldn't. I feel, feel you on that one. You had to wear skirts. You had to have, uh, you couldn't wear makeup. You had to just, it was a whole lot of stuff. And I was just like, God, is any of this important? Right. Like, I just right. Is any of this relevant to my journey with exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> and so like once I got to that point, like you, we were in Sunday school. That was when Sunday school was a thing. I don't think people do Sunday school. Before. I don't either. I, either. I don't think they do Sunday people school. People stop waking up. Once they started <laughs> like, making these yeah. um, 9 o'clock, 11, uh, exactly. 12, 30 um, services. They ain't waking up for no Sunday oh, school. Yeah. <laughs> but we were in Sunday school one Sunday, and it, it was a conversation that came up about line dancing and them saying that line dancing, you know, like the electric slide and the cupid shuffle, mm-hmm. they were oh, saying yeah. that was a sin. And I was like, uh, because Ooh. somebody was about to get married and they were having a reception and mm. the conversation came up. For mm. me. And I was like, uh, I don't understand. I said this in Sunday school. I was like, I don't understand what's different between a uh, electric slide and versus y'all in here shouting every Sunday. Like a shout isn't more holier than doing an electric slide. Right. Mm-hmm. It I all depends you on your, I, I, it was I over bet. with. Yeah, it was over with. Up. And that then right before that, right before that, again, we're holding it. So like, it was just you, it was a lot of different stipulations in place. I got my ears pierced and I just, mm-hmm. I thought that was the end of the world. Like <laughs> I became the subject of every single message that was preached yep. after that. And I was like, you know what? Like, I just don't, it's okay to grow. Yeah. I was gonna say, and I see you, since you've had the same experience as me, you see that once you, you said you became the subject of everything that was preached. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it, it feels honestly like the church is like attacking you. It does. And it, that really will make, and I know so many people personally that I know they've turned away from church mm-hmm. from having similar experiences. Absolutely. So hopefully we can, you know, give a little insight through mm-hmm. this podcast yeah. and let people know, like you can, you can always regain your relationship with God. Absolutely. And the way the church if a church treated you one way, that does not mean that God views you any type of way because he still loves you. They are not mm-hmm. God. They might be trying to be a representation mm-hmm. of him, but they are not succeeding in it. And that's also your one bad experience with the church does not make up the mm-hmm. entire church itself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so although I had that one experience with that church, although it did make me hesitant to kind of just put myself out there into other churches, mm-hmm. it didn't cause me to discredit 
you know, the the power behind church behind, mm-hmm. in itself right. or physically attending a building. And so yeah. once I got to college, um, I remember there was a gentleman who would come to the student union on Thursdays and he would do Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be like a whole lot of college students that would just gather there. And that became where I eventually got my strength from with, were those people that attended that Bible study. Um, and from there I started attending the church that would host those Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And it was great. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, even though you have one bad experience, mm-hmm. you can't allow that to be the basis by which you, your, whole, your entire, yeah. you know, outlook on one mm-hmm. thing, like you have to go out there and try it. And that's especially like the case with church. Yeah. Cause I, same thing with me and Jasmine and we attended the church when we were on campus mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. people, like you said, the people I met there, they completely reassured me, and I've never like looked back since then. I understand now that I was not meant to continue being mm-hmm. at that physical mm-hmm. yeah. church, that mm-hmm. physical building. And I don't. And see, the thing about it too is that like I don't demonize those people back at oh, home. Yeah, you know no. what I'm saying? Like they're still, we're still cool. Like, when I see them, I speak I'm to still, them. Like we're mm-hmm. still good. But just because I don't physically go there anymore doesn't mean that I have any love lost for you. And that too goes into play with what we were talking about when like, remember you were saying if you have Christians who are kind of like going at you, how do you still coexist with them? Mm-hmm. And for me, it just was me realizing like, Hey, uh, Paul has a scripture and I think it's in Romans 13 or 14 where he talks about, although these people don't do what you do, don't consider them unbelievers because mm-hmm. of their act. And so like you can, you can still exist when, you know, even though these people don't believe how you believe, you don't necessarily have to cut them cut off because right. of that. Yeah, I, I definitely, like I said, I agree with that. I actually have a, a great relationship with the the um, couple that used to be my youth group leaders when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Wonderful relationship with them still. They're like family to me. I can still talk to them about anything. But I think like they know my, my hesitance with, yeah. you know, revisiting that church. But I'm, I'm really thankful for them. So hopefully they're listening. <laughs> I love y'all. I love it. So going back to that trusting peace, um, how do you find peace with waiting for God's timing to take mm. place in your life? Mm. That's a lot. That That's is a lot. And I can't wait to hear your answer because <laughs> I tell you, I struggle to the max with that. Oh, man. Um, I remember my post-grad after college that was one of the darkest areas and times of my life. And it was just really interesting though. It was really interesting because I knew, I knew for my entire childhood what I wanted to do, which was funeral service. Like I knew that. I knew that's what what the end goal was. And as soon as I graduated from UNC Charlotte, I questioned everything. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so much has happened within the past four years that I just, I don't know that that lines up with me anymore. And it was just like a whole lot of questioning. Yeah. And it was so dark. It was dark. And I, and I kept, I remember I I prayed like every day, like, God, where are you at? Like, I need to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And it, he didn't, he didn't talk (laughs) for a long time. It was, I didn't, listen, like, (laughs) like, what are you doing? That that, that line was a busy time. Like, I need you down here. And it was just, and he literally had me sit in stillness and quietness, like would not say a word. Mm -hmm. And it was so confusing. I did not understand it at all. And, you know, even that was 2017. And I'm just now getting to a place where I am beginning to, understand why 
in those past, you know, the, the past three years. Um, but when you talk about finding peace in that, it goes back to your initial concern earlier about control. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we feel worried is because we aren't, we're, we're not the author of our story. Nope. And we don't control it. And so when we feel like we don't know what's next, that leaves us in a place of anxiety. It leaves us in a place of questioning God because we we want to know what's happening. Yeah. But in a lot of times when God knows that you will struggle with not having control, that's going to be the time of your life that he tries you the most in that area. Mm. And and it, and it's not to and it's not to make matters worse. Right. No. It's always to strengthen you. Yeah. It's always to make you better, and it's always to prepare you for something that's coming. Yeah. And once I realized that ultimately he was the one that was in control, and as long as I made myself available to be used or made myself available to learn what was going on, then he would do that in mm-hmm. his timing. But there was clearly something that he wanted me to learn in that in that moment right. post grad that I needed to get I needed to get down pat. Yeah. And and that's what it was for me, was literally learning that God is in control. That's why with this COVID season, <laughs> I've been mm-hmm. good. Like yeah. Like, you know, and, it, and it's even been as good as if I get it, I get it. And if I leave, I leave. But that had to be his intention. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't have said the same thing when I was in college. No. <laughs> like, it would have been it would have been anxiety. It yeah. would have been like, I'm anxious. I need to know. Like now, like, man, God in control. All right. this. We don't control mm-hmm. nothing. Not <laughs> a thing. Not Definitely. a thing. We don't control anything. And so um, the peace comes from knowing that the God who created this universe is also the God who's in control of my life. Mm hmm. And when you believe that, that will give you peace. Yeah. I read a book earlier this year. It was um, titled, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Mm -hmm. And the author's name is Lisa. I don't know her Mm -hmm. last name, but she she had this quote in her book that she said that it was on my board for a long time. And it was, God loves you too much to answer your prayers at any other time than the right time, Mm -hmm. any other Mm -hmm. way than the right Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And I was like. Dumbstruck. Ooh, okay, girl. Like, I was like, oh, you did that Lisa, right there. Lisa was in that book preaching. Lisa, mm-hmm. And that's like, and I needed that because mm-hmm. I too felt like I was praying and I wasn't hearing anything. Mm-hmm. Like there was a point where I got on my knees, like maybe if I get a little lower, <laughs> you know, you'll you'll bring my right. down a little more. But uh, it was, it was really a struggle. And so like to know that God has this plan for you and, you know, God takes you through these struggles to prepare you for your next chapter. Right. That's mm-hmm. something that I had to learn and grow mm-hmm. with. And there's always learning moments in that. Like he never does anything in our lives, either good or bad, for us to just take it and just yeah, do there's always nothing. A with. There's always a right. reason. There's yeah. always a learning a learning piece of that that we have to take. Definitely. And I think another thing that plays off of that is like knowing what you're praying for mm-hmm. and knowing how to receive that when it mm-hmm. doesn't look like what you want it what to you look want. like. Because I know a lot of need. times I pray for like, Oh God, give me the strength. But mm-hmm. he doesn't just give you strength. He mm-hmm. gives you situations to mm-hmm. be strong in and then you build that. So like notice what you're praying for. Hallelujah. Yes, cuz he's he's not going to give you what <laughs> you want. God. God's going to give you what you need right. every time. Jesus. Every time. Well, mm-hmm. my goodness. Okay. We're going to church. <laughs> okay. We told y'all. Okay. Told y'all I have them tissues. <laughs> oh, this is this is a big one because I think I've definitely struggled with this, and I'm sure that I've reached out to Desiree and Mia and been like, y'all, what I did could not have been that bad that, like, I'm going through all of this. But do you ever feel like you have done something 
that just let God down. Like he was like, they are on the right path. They have it together. And then boom, you do something. And it's like, these are all things happening to me because he, he's punishing me. He doesn't love me anymore. Yes. And it has been the struggle of my life to unlearn that mindset. Mm-hmm. Because anytime something bad goes on in my life, I'm like, God, what did I do? Right. <laughs> like, what is causing this to happen? Um, and I do. I do feel like I've let God down. And I realize that in the moments that I feel that way, it's because I have an incorrect view of God. Mm-hmm. That the things that are happening in our life does not happen does not happen as a result of something bad that we've done. Because if that is the case, then anytime we 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 do everything every anytime we do everything right then nothing bad should happen right yeah you see what i'm saying yeah. mm-hmm. so even that mindset is faulty mm-hmm. um and then i have to also relay that to scripture again because i have to go back to scripture with everything if that's true then that means that our salvation would then be based on works on our acts yeah. and our on our acts exactly and if that is the case then we never needed Jesus right. in the first place mm-hmm. because yep. we would have been able to save ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm. clearly he came yeah. <laughs> and clearly he lived and clearly he died and then he 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 got back up. But he did that for a reason. And that is because there's nothing that we can do out of our own strength right. to save ourselves. And so we needed Jesus. Because that is true, then I can't believe that because something bad is happening in my life, it is a result of something bad that I've done. It is simply a part of suffering. The Bible does not say that we will live a life once we believe. The Bible does not say that we will live a life without suffering. Right. He mm-hmm. promises that we will suffer. Yeah. He says that. That's one thing but what he also good. says is that although you suffer, I will be with you through it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, when bad things are happening in my life, I've learned to look at it not as I've done something bad, but that you are with me. And again, you're teaching me something through this. Mm-hmm. And it's not a result of something that I've done. Right. It's and a result of something you're trying to do through me. How did you figure out how to unlearn that? Um, reminding myself of truth and reading that scripture. Because I think it's in um, Philippians. And it's actually all over the New Testament. Ephesians everywhere. Um, but I just realized that I had an, incor- an incorrect view of God. And when I learned that, that's how I was able to put everything into perspective Mm -hmm. or trying to learn the right perspective to have. Yeah. Because bad things are going to keep happening the rest of my life. So is every time a bad, Mm -hmm. you know, thing happened, I'm going to always question that, like that I've done something wrong to deserve it. I can't keep doing that. So that means that I have to put my perspective in check. Right. So it just came from me reading scripture and listening to mentors. Mm -hmm. All of this conversation is kind of full circle. Right. Um, But they put all of that into perspective for me. And Truth is important. Like when you when you when you set out to follow God, um, you have to allow his word to be truth and not your feelings and emotions, because you will end up questioning everything. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to have something that you go back to to represent what God is saying to you and represent the foundation of it. So that's why reading scripture is important. Like the whole story in itself is telling you something Mm -hmm. in that, in that book. Like it's not just, it's not just a set of rules and regulations. It is a book telling a story and it is a true story of what God intends, not just for our lives, but 
for even the people who were a part of that book when they when it was written. And so because of that, that Bible represents God's word. And so God's word is truth. So anytime that I'm facing something, I have to gauge it or I have to measure it according to the truth. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was able to come to the mindset of of kind of deconstructing that I've done something wrong because I don't see that listed in scripture that he will punish you when you do something wrong. Right. And it's important to not only read the Bible, but then to also say, what does that mean for me? Because you can read one verse and preach 10 different messages on it. Mm -hmm. Like what is he trying to say Mm -hmm. to you in that moment, in that scripture context, make sense of it. Mm -hmm. We've learned throughout all of school that context is important. Right. You yeah. can't just take one sentence and get a meaning from it. You have to read the surrounding yeah. words mm-hmm. and know what's going on in the, in the in the text. And that's the same thing with the Bible. Right. And it even goes like it goes far beyond just even possibly even reading that passage in itself. Like commentary is important. Like there are people who have studied the times and the culture in which the Bible took place mm-hmm. and they can relay that to what is happening now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like so commentary is important too. Like you have to you can't just take one part. You have to read the whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Cuz when you start taking one part of it, you can it's twist not, it. You're yeah. going to make it whatever you want to be. You want it to be. Exactly. Like I didn't get that. But okay. <laughs> and that's exactly why we have whitewashed Christianity today. Mm, but that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> um so John, what would you tell someone who feels just like a lot of pressure to live to God's standards? Mm, I would tell them that Jesus lived and he died so that you wouldn't have to live to a standard. Mm. All you would have to do is accept him. Yeah. Because what, what even is what God's God standard? standard? Let me tell you something again. If if you could live to his standards, Jesus, you wouldn't need Jesus. Right. He wouldn't. Jesus would have never came. Jesus came because the standards were too hard. Mm. The standards were. I mean. You couldn't measure up. They to say it. we all fall short. We all fall short. So, and it was always a part of his. It was always a part of his plan yeah. to to redeem us to himself. So it's Jesus. I will always. I will always say Jesus. Like, <laughs> Jesus if you can't, if you cannot answer. be Jesus, you cannot be the standard. Therefore, you come on, just Jesus, accept him hey. and let him be the standard. <laughs> At for that you. point, and because it goes back to like, like I said, working for salvation, you can't work for it, um, and. It boils down to the fact that you you will live a life <laughs> if you if you want to measure yourself up to God according to standards, then you will spend the rest of your life working measuring short measuring and measuring short good me my God <laughs> <laughs> the words right out of here uh-huh. and measuring short so a question I guess with relating to your walk with God is whenever you're in a relationship, what kind of advice would you give couples? who want to keep God present in their relationship. Uh, Especially in their 20s, because, you know, this is yeah. time yeah. Of, of new beginnings, new relationships. Um, it would be super important. That's a loaded question. Let me it get is. Really concise. I'm going to yeah. try to bring Go this ahead. in some. Um, one, people are not a project. And so you should not intend on beings with someone with intentions of bringing them to Jesus. Yeah, you shaking the table. Ooh. That's that's intention. You that's, said that's point one. I told y'all it's like John be knowing That's lives. point one. He said a lot. That's point one. Point two is with that being said, of course you would want to be with someone, you should be with someone that 
has the same values that you have regarding who God is. Equally yoked. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to say without using Christian terms, but you want to be equally yoked. And you would be surprised even with people who, just because somebody believes in God doesn't necessarily mean that you are still equally yoked with Mm -hmm. them because you will have, you will have, you both have, it's possible to have different understandings of what scripture says. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then just again, if you go into a relationship with this, with the idea that because you believe in God, you got to be it. You'll be sadly mistaken because y'all gonna be somewhere, somebody's office trying to work through right. a lot of stuff right. that you you know you wouldn't have to if you would have taken taken the time out beforehand to actually learn what do you know of God, what mm-hmm. do you believe of God, um, and so if God is already the foundation of your relationship, then it would be another thing too. <laughs> Come on, this Preach is another to thing, us. and this kind of goes into it. the actual answer to this question. If the person you're with can't teach you anything new about God, mm-hmm. Hold on. then Hold they're on. probably not God sent for you regarding being in a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to intention. It goes back to intention. Oh. It goes back to intention. If they can't teach you anything new about God, if they don't drive you to know God more. Mm. If they're not doing things that point you in the direction of God, then God did not send them. They did. They God did not send them. And if and God didn't send them, mm-hmm. I am unavailable. And and if God did not send them, then it's you're you're not even able to keep him present because, or to keep that individual present within mm-hmm. your relationship because you <laughs> you can try. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's gonna fall short every single time, and so. The best way to keep God present in the relationship is to make sure that the other person has God with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's still an individual walk. It's in still an sense. individual walk. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like how you mentioned, um, steer them towards God. Like especially like in our twenties, people mm-hmm. still want to do this mm-hmm. and that, and so they're thinking, "Oh, no, you're trying to take me this way, and All I'm trying that. to stay over here." You know, that's another thing that could interfere mm-hmm. with the relationship and your walk with absolutely. God. Absolutely, absolutely, and. People are scared of being alone, but that may mean that you have to just stick it out by yourself for a minute. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's, that's where I am. Like, work yeah, exactly. Time. And you have to get to a place like in that, or at least that's where I've been for all of my life. It's like, that's just not an area of my life that I'm willing to compromise on because my space is important to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to just share that with anybody. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you're going to come into my space, like, you have to have that. That God piece is one part that I'm not willing to negotiate. Right. That's a non negotiable. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so that has to be present. And until you can find somebody that's like that, that may mean that you may be single for a minute mm-hmm. and you have to come to a resolve with that too. Yep. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Like I said, if God didn't send you, I'm unavailable. You love that. She put and God's not going to always, God's not going to follow your list. God could literally surprise you with who he wants. Give you the complete opposite Completely of what you thought it would look like. And if you're not listening you. to him, you'll miss it. You're going to mess it up. And a lot of times God will give you the complete opposite because, again, God's intention is always to bring you closer to him. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to give you somebody that's going to push you towards him. Mm -hmm. And so if that person is keeping you stagnant, again, no. It's a no. It's a no. It's a complete no. Right. Absolutely not. Well, well, let's let's give you now one last question, John. So this is kind of a deep one, too. Okay. So what advice would you give someone who is struggling in their walk with God? Mm. What advice would I give someone who is struggling? 
Well, I'm struggling, so (laughs) (laughs) join the club. Right. Right. We're all struggling. We're all struggling. struggling. Um, Prayer. I would say prayer. And I'm not into cliches. Like, I'm really not. But prayer is important. And prayer is necessarily you getting down on your knees and begging God to do something for you. Prayer is literally a conversation Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. And so if they're struggling in their relationship with God, that comes with an honest conversation with God as to like, God, so like, what's going on? Like, we have this conversation. God and I, we have this conversation all all the time. Like, what's going on? Like, I need you to show me like where the disconnect Mm -hmm. is. And the disconnect is always with me and not with God. Yep. Like, yeah. That will always be the issue because God never leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's wow. always right there. Right and so the disconnect could possibly be us leaving him mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it just comes with conversation with God. It comes with prayer. Like, so like, God, where are we at? And like, what's going on? And how do, what do I need to do um, to, you know what I'm saying? Like get back right. And it's not in an attempt to do things perfectly, but just to, understand the position that we have so that we can know the direction we need to take to get back to him. And it's so interesting because God is so good and he loves us so much that at that same time, he's always trying to get back to us Mm -hmm. and he's trying to find us and he's trying to get to us and he's knocking on the door, trying to get back inside. So um, it, it just comes with, 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 with prayer and conversation. And I will say too, like a lot of the, times when we're struggling with God is because we have an incorrect view of God. Mm-hmm. And so that's why scripture is important. Yeah. Like reading scripture and having mentorship and having people who you can talk to just kind of, you know, I'm saying sort through thoughts that you may have, because a lot of that could be barriers in your mind too. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there's an incorrect view of God that you have that you just need to revisit so that you can see him rightly. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a formal thing. Like I talk to to God Mm -hmm. whenever I need to talk to him and it could be like a, God, what is up? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. I need you to be in the me. car. Like, come on. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I don't go to God only whenever I am sad. I go to him whenever I something good. Happens. Right. Like, you have <laughs> mm-hmm. to go to him for it all. Mm-hmm. And if I'm angry, I'm still talking to God. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this happening? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. mad, but mm-hmm. yeah, but I still love you. And trust you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but tell me, like, can I need a sign or something? Yeah, I love it. And like you said, I. We've made um, prayer a very uh, religious act. And again, prayer is simply conversation with God. And so like in everything that I'm doing, if somebody was actually riding in the car with me most of the time, mainly because I'm by myself, they'll probably think I'm crazy. Oh, yeah, I'm, for literally, sure. I'm literally having conversations yeah. and he doesn't always speak back audibly, but hey, there is a sense of presence that I mm-hmm. have that he's there and he's listening mm-hmm. and he's with me. Yeah. So like that's through anything. Like just now I'm like, God, what should I say? In my mind, that's what I, this whole conversation, that's what I've been saying this whole time. Right. There, there's not any set script. There's no set script. You, you know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. And he will always answer. Right. He God does will, not care how you come. He like, will always answer you. Like, it's not a formal thing. Like, exactly. I can talk to God whenever. About anything. And he will always answer you. Yeah. Any, any and every single time. And in those situations where, like, it's so bad, you don't even mm-hmm. have the words. You just, like, in that moment, you know that he's it, but you have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still there. He's still like, there. And that's why, see, I don't want to be uh, churchy, but that's where the Holy Spirit plays a big role in. Um, because the, the Bible says that he 
the Holy Spirit, he fights for us and he advocates for us in the moments that we don't have mm-hmm. words to share. And that's just so beautiful to me. Like, yeah. When I don't know what I need to say, he you knows. know what I need. And he that's and that's why and that's why he's able to make up for those times that we weren't able to share with him how we felt. Mm. And we still see a result of him doing something on our behalf is because he's always listening. Right. He's always advocating for us. Right. So true. Mm. Oh, we that was that Boy, was good. Was it? This was that told like, y'all. That John was good. Is it. That was great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. You think, don't even be trying. I don't all. think we could wrap up season one any better. No, like this is this is great. I'm glad to be here. Thank y'all for having me. So to close our podcast, I know that we talked about a lot today, and we do like to kind of leave our listeners with um, a tip of the week, something that they can kind of carry into their week. Mm-hmm. So what tip do you think you'd give our listeners? Talk to him every single day this week intentionally. Ooh. Intentionally, intentionally is important. Intentionally. Like emphasis on intentionally. And not just through, again, a means of praying and getting on your knees, like have active conversation right. with him throughout the day mm-hmm. for every single day this week. Intentionally. Intentionally have active conversation. And, Y'all heard it. And that's going to be your tip for next week and the week after that. Right. And to the and point that it becomes. Keep going. It, and keep, <laughs> keep going. Keep repeating until mm-hmm. you and God are on you Make know, it routine. It, make it, exactly. Basis. Exactly. When you wake up, let that be the first person you talk to. Right. Because it's cr- you can literally see the difference. You can like see those the difference. weeks mm-hmm. when you're not talking to him, you're mm-hmm. just going to him when you need something. And those weeks where you're literally like, Hey God, what's up? Mm-hmm. Just wanted to, yeah. Just wanted to talk yeah, to you. Like you can see in. the difference. You can see the difference, and it's I can a, tell a, a difference. Whole new take I can tell a difference in my day too. Mm-hmm. Like when I like, that's how the God is morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why <laughs> you might feel a little extra anxious that day. Yeah. Like it changes it all. Honestly, it does. Mm-hmm. Well, this was awesome. Yes, thank you so much. We all need it. We all need a little dose of this in our life. <laughs> no, we we did. And we're really, we really just want to thank you for joining us I'm on our first ever season. We're probably going to have you back next season. I'm excited. Yeah. There was a couple of things that we talked about today that we could probably expand. Right. We sure Ooh, can. I could talk yeah. about this all day long. No. I'm excited. I love these conversations. Thank y'all for giving me a space to talk. About yeah, of that. course. Thank you for coming. So if you like this episode, please leave us a review and follow us on our social media. Don't forget to share our podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever. Also, if you have a topic or want our perspective and or advice on anything, send us a message via our social media, which is located in the episode notes. Or you can always email us at peerperspectivepodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? It might be part of our next discussion. As always, thank you for your continued support, and we will see you again real soon. Mm-hmm.